BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Well, that was fun. Retaining the Senate majority and all the election deniers drowning at the ballot box and the GOP lead in the House at minimum so reduced it guarantees murderous infighting and Pelosi talking about raising the debt limit in the lame duck and the fascists turning on McConnell and the fascists turning on McCarthy and the fascists turning on Ronna Romney and the fascists turning on Trump. And I mean, everybody from Mo Brooks to Fox News to the Dilbert guy turning on Trump. And this was a great weekend. And bookmark the memory of it in your mind, have a few less nightmares as a result, and then forget it. Back to work and back to this mindset. Have you ever seen the movie Carrie? Sissy Spacek, high school bullying victim, humiliated at the prom, turns out to have telekinetic power. It's a Stephen King story. Destroys the school gym, kills everybody, destroys her own home. She dies. Her only friend goes to the house to lay flowers in her memory. And suddenly out of the rubble, Carrie's arm springs out and grabs her friend to pull her to hell. 
There is a lesson for us in the movie Carrie. When you think you have ended Carrie's reign of horror, when you have Carrie vanquished and dead and buried, make sure you then burn the grave. Put out the fire, burn it again, salt the earth, in case everything that's left in concrete for a mile square, and skip the flowers. The fascists are not defeated. They have another plan. It's about getting the Supreme Court to set state legislatures on a path where they can overrule elections they don't like. And we have just found out how serious the Supreme Court is about this. I'll walk you through that in a moment. Trump has not vanished. He is not going to moderate. He's not going to learn anything from this, except what every other Republican has learned for 25 years. If your venom did not work, that's because you were not venomous enough. The election deniers have not run out of denial. They're just going to stitch together all the religious deniers and all the violent deniers and all the military overthrow deniers and put it all out there as one unit. The fascists have not run out of evil. They have not run out of schemes. They have not even run out of carries. Who in the hell is the Republican candidate for the governor of Arizona? What's her name again? Carrie? Huh? Huh? Okay, enough. Seriously. The best news of this weekend was Speaker Pelosi and the debt ceiling. Without even being asked... She went on CNN and said the lame duck was the right time to raise it, to take the nuclear weapon out of the Republicans' hands. Then she went on ABC and said that winning the Senate created a window to do it. So a Speaker McCarthy or Speaker Scalise or Speaker Trailer Park Green cannot threaten to crash the world economy by not raising the debt limit and holding the debt limit hostage in exchange for cuts to Social Security and Medicare. And then Chuck Schumer had a news conference saying they would map out the route to do this in the Senate this week. And this is exactly the kind of aggressiveness that is absolutely necessary right now. When Carrie's dead arm shoots out of the rubble, do not wait. Hit it with your shovel. There are more things to do, some of them feasible, some of them symbolic, some of them crazy. But we should do all of them instead of breathing a sigh of relief like they and we all did at the end of 2020. And you saw what that got us. Somebody suggested that if the Dems do indeed not retain the House, finding the half dozen still uninfected Republicans in the House, lining up the huge Democratic minority behind this scheme and then nominating Liz Cheney to be the new speaker. And, and no, you don't have to be a serving member of Congress to be elected speaker. And no, her non-insurrection positions are nearly as bad as her father's. I know that. And no, it probably won't work. And no, even if it did work, the Republicans would then spend every waking moment trying to undo it. And that's why you try it. The mistake of 2020 and 2021 was exhaling. This time, less Oh, democracy prevailed and the American system worked. Amen. And more flying shovels and burning kerosene on Carrie White's rubble. There was another idea. Find those half a dozen uninfected Republicans in the House and have the president call them up and say, hey, would you like to join the cabinet? Or have you ever thought of becoming an ambassador? And you take the ones from the states where the governor does not get to pick a successor and it doesn't have to be from the same party, and you force special elections there like, oh, I don't know, New York, 
and make the GOP constantly defend its razor-thin majority in the House, because I'd rather see these snakes campaigning than actually legislate. In the midst of paranoia and pandemic and inflation, the damn fools have somehow still managed to lose three national elections in five calendar years. I want to see them campaigning rather than legislating. Be aggressive, because this is where the Republicans are now. This is the audio from a video Ron Filipkowski tweeted from the Cary Lake supporters. There's that name again. The Cary Lake supporters marching around the Maricopa County Ballot Counting Center, carrying crosses and demanding the military overthrow of the government of the United States. It will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us a stay. I want all of you to say a prayer right now. We the people are requesting military step in and redo our election. It was fake and false. It's full. Our government is full of corrupt people. We the 71 people that you can see here around the center. Be aggressive because even those lunatics supporting that lunatic are looking inwards right now and wondering who to blame. And they are so used to Democrats and liberals starting to sing Kumbaya and listening to the siren's call of unity and bipartisanship to which we always listen, that they do not believe the Democratic Party response to the red trickle will be shovels and kerosene. Thus, it is also imperative to encourage Trump and DeSantis to fight it out for the nomination and imperative to do everything we can to get Trump to run as a third party or independent because the best way to destroy the fascist movement in this country is to get it to destroy itself. Destroying things is the only thing it's good at. And the kids are doing a great job. While Elise Stefanik endorsed Trump over the weekend, fellow disloyal scoundrel Jim Banks was going to endorse Trump, but instead he both postponed any endorsement and defended Trump. The lieutenant governor of Virginia, a Republican, called Trump a liability to the mission. And on the sidelines, half the cheerleaders walked out. Ann Coulter, who wrote a book called In Trump We Trust, quote, To Trump, you had your chance with a Republican House and Senate. You handed domestic policy to your son-in-law and Gary Cohn. You handed foreign policy to your son-in-law and a country that gave your son-in-law $2 billion. Shut the blank up forever. The Cornell education appears not to have been utterly wasted on Ann Coulter after all. When Trump said maybe the name Glenn Youngkin was Chinese, Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy and thus the lead intellect among the fascists, said, I'm out. And a guy at the National Review said, this is delusional mental breakdown stuff. And a Fox News guy said it was unhinged and Red State, freaking Red State, wrote Trump legitimately appears to have had a mental break over the last week. Newsmax had Peter King on to trash Trump. Mo Brooks bailed out on Trump. The New York Post bailed out on Trump. I think that's four times since last Tuesday. Candace Owens bailed out. They have taken that with which Adam Frisch described Lauren Boebert, angertainment, and turned the angertainment on themselves. Are they sincere? Have the scales fallen from their eyes about Trump? Or did Trump's latest check just not clear? I don't care. It doesn't matter. They're burning down their own house. Let's go. Send more kerosene. And bring the shovels. Because this 
is now the problem. And I'm not certain how to stop this because this is the next thing the fascists are trying. The Federalist Society has, as you know, corrupted the Supreme Court, which is now the Supreme Republican Religious Court. You may rightly suggest that its insistence that the justices it owns throw out Roe v. Wade was what cost the Republicans everything they should have gotten in the midterms. Happily, though, for the Federalist Society, it has a backup plan. Eliminate midterms and other elections. This is, if you have not heard of it, the independent state legislature theory, which the court will hear in a case called Moore v. Harper on, fittingly, December 7th. In short, the Supreme Court could rule within the month that state courts are not allowed to review any federal election-related laws passed by state legislatures. The Supreme Court could allow state legislatures to ignore their own state constitutions. The legislatures could redistrict congressional seats, write new voting rules or other laws, more than likely overrule state election outcomes. And you could not sue the legislature in state court. It's obviously the exact opposite of what the founders intended and what every defender of representative government since has sworn to uphold. Well, so what? This is the Federalist Society. What does the Constitution have to do with it? This is so serious, and the Federalist Society is so serious about it, that its board of directors has voted to tell a man named Stephen Calabresi that he can't describe himself this way anymore because he disagrees with the independent state legislature theory and says, no, state Supreme Courts are, you know, supreme. Who is Stephen Calabresi? How does he describe himself? He is the co-founder of the Federalist Society, and he is still co-chairman of the Federalist Society. And the Federalist Society is so committed to this that they've just purged him for disagreeing with their crazy fascist dream of eliminating elections at the state level when they don't like them. That is how serious about this soft coup they are. You already know they are serious enough that they encourage judges and Supreme Court justices to be openly political in violation of every premise of our judicial system. Samuel Alito might as well have campaigned for Trump. And last Thursday night, the Federalist Society had its 40th anniversary gala in Washington, an overtly political event. And Alito spoke and was cheered. And worse still, Neil Gorsuch was there. And Brett Kavanaugh was there. Waiting tables, I assume. And so was Amy Coney Barrett, the Jesus freak with the legal skills of a high school student who might take pre-law when she gets to community college. She got up and spoke and immediately mocked free speech. Supreme Court Barbie is so glad about noise not being made by protesters outside her house. And no, here's a shock. She did not go on to decry actual violence against America's democratically elected leaders, just about things that inconvenienced her while she was trying to overthrow the Constitution. The only part of this that's missing is that her name is Amy and not Carrie. So, enjoy the weekend past and the Senate 
And however, the House finally turns out and the Trump DeSantis Punch and Judy show and fascist angertainment being turned inward and start worrying more about what the Supreme Court will next do to democracy and what we can do to get the Departments of Justice and Homeland Security to designate the Federalist Society as a terrorist organization. Still ahead, Elmo Muskrat goes one step too far. It's all well and good to snark on a politician, but maybe not when that politician is on the Senate subcommittees on communication, media and broadband, and consumer protection, and space and science. Sarah Palin is back and dumber than ever. She tweets, they think we're stupid. And a mighty roar goes up from the crowd. And Trump claims they've stolen the electron from Blake Masters. Is he positive? And other physics jokes coming up in worsts. And the day I fell off a cliff filming a television commercial and then the television commercial caused the company I made the television commercial for to lose $900 million and go into bankruptcy. Things I promised not to tell. All of that is next. This is Countdown. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Still ahead on Countdown, she was trying to help the environment, but she was black and her neighbor was a Republican, so he called the cops on her because he was scared of her. By the way, she is nine years old. Worst person's coming up. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need you can help. Every dog has its day. This is a really small-scale project. Maslow is a handsome, brindle, pibble terrier mix in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania who is 14 years old. His human gave him to another guy. That guy decided Maslow didn't really need to be fed, so emaciated and betrayed the second human, dumped Maslow in a high kill shelter where Outcast Rescue pulled him. They've got a foster for him. He's getting food and getting healthier, but they need about $600 to cover the expenses, probably for the rest of his life. Oh, and by the way, it's Senior Dog Month. Maslow is my pinned tweet at Tom Jumbo Grumbo and connected on my Keith Olbermann account. If you can donate, please respond to the tweet and retweet it if you can. I thank you, and Maslow thanks you. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline New York. Trump's second chief of staff, General John Kelly, tells The New York Times Trump told him he wanted to sick the IRS on James Comey and Andrew McCabe of the FBI. And oh, golly, what a coincidence. James Comey and Andrew McCabe both later wound up being hit with a rare and highly intrusive audit by the IRS. Kelly said Trump said, quote, we ought to investigate and get the IRS on Comey and McCabe. Trump spokes robot Liz Harrington denies it and called Kelly a, quote, psycho, which is quite a statement if you've ever seen Liz Harrington. Dateline Boston, Elon Musk may have bitten off more than he can chew this time. No, not about Twitter. We know that. This is about Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. A Washington Post columnist, with Markey's permission, impersonated Markey and got a blue check mark for a Twitter account. Markey complained about this. Musk replied perhaps it was because Markey's real account, quote, sounds like a parody. Markey replied, one of your companies is under a Federal Trade Commission consent decree. Auto safety watchdog NHTSA is investigating another for killing people, and you're spending your time picking fights online. Fix your company or Congress will. Musk replied with a meme. As I mentioned, Markey is on the Senate subcommittees on communication, media, and broadband, 
and consumer protection and space and science. Enjoy the perp walk, Elmo. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, if you're wondering if coaching experience is really necessary in the pro sports that we love so very much, they laughed when ESPN's Jeff Saturday was named to coach his old team, the Indianapolis Colts. Saturday, who as a player was a center, that never previously coached at anything more sophisticated than a prep school. The Colts built a 10-zip lead over the Raiders in Saturday's first game yesterday. They blew the lead. They trailed 20-19 in the fourth quarter and then rallied to win on a Matt Ryan touchdown pass. Final 25-20 Indianapolis. Jeff Saturday is undefeated as a National Football League coach, which reminds me of June 22, 1977. The Texas Rangers baseball team fired manager Frank Lucchese and named as his successor Eddie Stanky who had not had a thing to do with professional baseball since the Chicago White Sox had fired him as manager nine years earlier. His Texas Rangers promptly scored nine runs in the seventh and eighth innings to get him a 10-8 win against the Twins in Minnesota. And immediately after that game, Eddie Stanky quit as manager of the Texas Rangers with his 1-0 record and went back to coach college ball. Thank you, Nancy Faust. And speaking of Texas, remember the guy arrested for throwing a can of White Claw at Senator Ted Cruz during the Houston Astros World Series victory parade? Well, the attorney, victory was probably the word I wanted there, the attorney for suspect Joey Arcitiono says they've got it all wrong. Like, I got the pronunciation all wrong. He was just throwing a can of White Claw to Ted Cruz. So, in the great tradition of athletes doing this during World Series or other championship parades, Ted Cruz would chug the beverage. Now, obviously, this is not going to hold up in court because have you ever seen Ted Cruz? There's no way you'd ever mistake Ted Cruz for an athlete. Still ahead, so I fell off this cliff shooting a TV commercial, and I still wound up faring better than the company that paid me to make the TV commercial. Full details ahead in things I promise not to tell. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze. Oh, Sarah Palin is back. She tweeted that there's no way John Fetterman or Katie Hobbs could have won their elections because they have fewer Twitter followers than do Mehmet Oz and Carrie Lake. With it was a video in which Sarah asked the musical question, They think we're stupid. And we think you're stupid. We established this in 2008. What's your question, caller? Wait, there is more. Palin also appeared at a hockey autograph show in Toronto on Saturday with her new boyfriend, the equally intelligence-challenged ex-New York Ranger Ron Duguay. Autograph pictures were $50. To be fair, paying fans $50 to take a picture with Duguay and Palin, that's actually a pretty reasonable offer on their part. The bronze Trump 
One of something like 100 posts by him on Truth Social on the weekend of Veterans Day, and none of them on Friday even mentioned Veterans Day. One of them, though, read, quote, (laughs) sorry, I'm laughing and you haven't even heard it yet. Quote, they stole the electron from Blake Masters. Do election over again. They stole the electron. Electron? Well, we need to keep an eye on this. Is he positive? Trump is all charged up about it. Whoever did this will face charges, but happily, it's just a phase. Is this electrifying news? I stole all those jokes from my Twitter replies, but our winner, Gordon Losh of Caldwell, New Jersey. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but if I'm not, screw him. If you hadn't heard about this, much of the East Coast had an infestation of spotted lanternflies this summer and fall. Spotted lanternflies are spectacular, but also spectacularly damaging to the local ecosystem, so much so that authorities throughout the Northeast actually told residents, if you see a spotted lanternfly, and you can't miss them, they look like spotted lanterns, if you see one, kill it. I mean, seriously, nothing about trap it or we'll take it to a farm upstate. Kill the thing. Squish it. So on October 22nd, nine-year-old Bobby Wilson of Caldwell, New Jersey, went out to spray a tree that had been planted by her grandmother and had become infested with spotted lantern flies, which is when the Wilson's neighbor across the street, Gordon Losh, called the police Quoting from the tape of his call, there's a little black woman walking, spraying stuff on the sidewalks and trees. I don't know what the hell she is doing. Scares me, though. Losh added he thought she was wearing a hoodie. Turned out she was not. A little black woman. She's nine. And she's been this idiot's neighbor for eight years. The mayor of Caldwell, New Jersey, has apologized to Bobby Wilson and her family. All her mother wanted in response to this was to talk to Losh about how dangerous his phone call was, even after the fact, especially since the emergency operator actually sent cops to the street to talk to the, quote, little black woman. Little Bobby is now afraid of the police. Gordon Losh refused to meet with the Wilsons, refused to discuss this, and his attorney said the claim that Bobby Wilson is now afraid of the cops was absurd. Quoting the attorney, it makes real problems not be taken seriously. The attorney also said Losh wasn't wearing his glasses. Punchline, Gordon Losh used to be a town councilman in Caldwell, New Jersey, and he is, guesses, co-chair of the Caldwell Republican Party. Gordon, I couldn't be bothered to put on my glasses, so I risked these cops shooting a nine-year-old girl who's been my neighbor for eight years. Losh, today's worst person in the world. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. the number one story on the countdown and my favorite topic me and things i promised not to tell and it was this time of year in 1996 when my agent called me at espn there's an ad agency in santa monica they just called me would you like to do two commercials for boston market i answered with profound indifference okay would you like to do two commercials for boston market for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? i believe my next words were well i can't do them today but sure They faxed me the scripts. They're actually pretty funny. Very well done. I think you'll like them. I believe my next next words were, if I don't have to kill anybody in them, call them back and say yes and get the money. Since the idea was these ads would run on sports telecasts, most of them on ESPN, my yes got back to management at ESPN pretty quickly. You can't do these, one of the executives explained dismissively. We don't let anybody do commercials. I laughed. Every one of us has done the, uh, the This Is Sports Center commercials. Some of us have written the This Is Sports Center commercials. You don't even give us days off for making them, let alone give us money. This is money I don't have to ask you for. 
The executive shook his head. Those aren't commercials. Those are promotional announcements. They're in your contract. Nobody here does commercials. I said, Chris Berman has done a beer commercial in three out of the last five Super Bowls. My commercial is just for food. Well, he's Berman. I pointed out I went to high school with him. And I was the star of their most popular program, a little thing called Sports Center. TV Guide had just named us one of the top 10 shows on TV. Shows, not sports shows. Us and Seinfeld. Sorry. Well, now I got a little angry, which never happened to me at ESPN. And I went to my ace in the hole. Uh, my contract expires in like 10 months, and you know I intend to leave. And during those 10 months, you're going to pay me about $260,000. So Boston Market is going to pay me $250,000 for two days work instead of 10 months work. Plus, they're going to take me out first class to LA for a couple of days. And they're probably going to do some radio spots and I'll make another twenty five grand. So you're giving me a choice? Make, say, $275,000 in like five days for them or make $260,000 here between now and next September when I'm planning on leaving anyway, if you make me choose between those two, which do you expect me to choose? The executive coughed. We'll get back to you. An hour later, he got back to me by phone. Okay, we see your point, but there's still two problems. We can't just let everybody do commercials. I said, well, you know, why don't you just let anybody who went to the high school that Berman and I went to do commercials? He did not laugh at that. Well, how about only your regular weekday sports center anchors get to do commercials? There was a grunt and a maybe. Then we got to the gist of the real problem. Here's the real problem. People on your show, they'll be resentful. And I said, why would they be resentful? Because the production assistants are expecting that they're going to get their own commercials too? And I said, how about this? The day I'm out there actually shooting the commercial, I will get Boston Market to like cater dinner for the show staff even if i have to pay for it myself there was a long silence would management be included in that and can we get all the side dishes too i swear to god so off i flew at the beginning of december during a winter that had gone frigid in october in bristol connecticut the next thing i knew i was on the beach in malibu at leo carrillo state park the crew is complaining because it is raining lightly and only about 55 degrees to me fresh from the hinterlands and having not been back to la since i had moved out in 1992 it's like i'm in tahiti and my agent was right the scripts were funny and original they were a send-up of the old calvin klein obsession perfume commercials there are two extremely thin models and they are filmed writhing in frustration on the beach on the big rock outcroppings at leo carrillo state park she is supposed to say emptiness how can i fill this empty void of emptiness they are in black and white but i emerge from behind a rock or wherever i'm in color they are in black and white, and I say, when they say they don't know what to do about this emptiness, I say, eat something. I then sell the sandwich, then it cuts to a shot of me walking them down the beach with my arm over each of their shoulders, telling them eating is a good thing, and who's wearing cologne, or who likes sports, or other stupid things like that. For a quarter of a million dollars. 
Well, we start this at 8 a.m., and the producer and the director, John, say to me and the two models and the crew, look, this rain is just going to get heavier as the day goes on. So what we want to do is not take a break for lunch. We'll just shoot until like 2 p.m., and then you can have lunch, or you can take your lunch with you, and you'll all get paid for a full day. And everybody agrees. The actress agrees, and she swears as she agrees. The actress is named Una. Una is from Chicago, and it will soon prove Una swears more than a longshoreman. This blanking cold can blank my blanking blank. To be fair, Una and the guy are dressed in Calvin Klein rags, and they are there, and they are from there, and they are freezing, while I am wearing a production company brand new suit and shoes, and to me it feels like it's Tahiti. We take a couple of hours where we do all the shots where I emerge from behind the rocks or go around the rocks or over the rocks or I look over the rocks. And the director finally says, okay, we got five good options. Let's set up for the walk down the beach with your arms around each other's shoulders. By now, it's noon or 1230. And as they move the cameras and the rain starts to move from a mist to like a light rain, two prop guys bring out rakes. And I'm sitting with the crew, and I've been asking them questions all morning in between takes about how this is all being arranged and made and lit. And I say, rakes? What do you need rakes for in a commercial? And they say, you'll see. And then each time me and Una and the guy walk down the beach and the director says, cut, we go back to the starting point. Now, out come two stagehands with rakes, and they rake the sand on the beach smooth. And I say, oh, footprints. So each time I walk down this damp beach with the rain just a little harder than it was the take before in my brand new dress shoes, what I'm basically doing is polishing the soles of these brand new shoes on damp sand. I mean, by the time the director John says we are done, these soles of these shoes are so shiny, I could go ice skating in these shoes. And John comes over and he says, listen, we got another half an hour. Can we go back and try a new way for you to appear on the rocks? I mean, can you can you climb rocks at all? And I say, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm surprisingly good at it. You wouldn't think so, but I can climb rocks. And he points to one rock outcropping on the beach. Maybe it's 18, 20 feet high. And he says, try to climb up that and go as high as you can. If there's nothing that'll support you, we'll forget it. And I try, and sure enough, I get up near the top, and there is a perfect little shelf in the rock that I can comfortably stand on. And the director points the camera up, and he says, oh, damn, the angle's too tough. I can't swing the camera down fast enough for when you say eat something so I can refocus on the models. It won't work. Is there anything lower on the rock where you could stand? Can you come down at all? And I said, I think so. I think I can come down a little bit. Well, little did I know. Sure enough, maybe nine, ten feet from the beach, up in the sky, there is another little foothold on this rock outcropping. It is not big enough for me to put both my feet on it, but I say, if you don't mind me holding on to the rock as I say eat something, I can do it from here. And the director says, okay, let's try it. And I climb down the rock, and he's moving the camera, and I put my left foot on this flat part, which is nine or ten feet up from the beach, and for a couple of seconds, everything is fine. I'm good. And that's when I feel that my left shoe 
My brand new left shoe, straight from the Floorsheim catalog, bright and shiny, and now having been polished by four hours of walking up and down on a wet beach, complete with two guys there to rake the beach and make sure it is as shiny as it possibly can be. My left shoe, slipperier than a diamond, is now moving of its own accord. I'm holding. I'm doing a good rock climbing job, but the shoe, the shoe is not holding. Hey, I say with some alarm, I'm about to fall off. I hit the sand no more than five seconds later. So that's about a 16 foot drop from my head to the beach. And for weeks, for years, still to this day, it has amazed me more than anything else that happened. It has amazed me how much went through my mind before I crashed. In fact, before I actually fell. I know I did a quick height calculation. Yeah, 15, 16 feet. I recognized that the outcropping was so vertical that I was unlikely to hit any of the rock on the way down. But just the same, I remembered that the rocks continued under the sand, see? I took two years of geology. And this was going to be a hard landing. More amazingly than all that, though, I had taken judo as a kid. I hated every minute of judo. 1965, 1966, so 26 and 27 years before we shot this commercial. I was in the studio, the judo studio in White Plains, New York, the day of the 1965 Northeast Blackout. And the only happy memory of the entire judo experience I had was when our instructor, Bob DeRocher, locked us in the dojo that had been converted from a store that had a front door that was set in several feet from the street so they could put display cases up. And now it's pitch black, so he went out and got his Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, drove it up over the sidewalk into that set-in entryway of this converted storefront. He put his high beams on. He flooded the dojo with enough light that we kids could change out of our judo stuff and back into our regular clothes and wait for our parents to come get us. He did a great job. I didn't like the judo so much, but his blackout operations practice was superb. So now, with all of this having gone through my head in a second, I began to fall, and everything else from that year of once-a-week judo classes comes back to me. Relax as you drop. The more of your body that hits, the less you'll get hurt. Hands protect the head. Drop like a sack of sand. I did not hit the sand, per se. I kind of splattered on my left side. As I rolled over onto my back and took a breath and sat up, of all people, Una was the first to race over to me. You want some blank and tea? I said, uh, no, no thanks. Let me, let me see if I'm dead. The grips tried to help me to my feet, but I felt some very sharp pain that which suggested we should slow down. The problem was, though, even if I needed an ambulance, there was no way to get one down to where we were shooting. As that rock outcropping that I had just fallen from suggested, I like to call it a cliff every now and again, Leo Carrillo State Park had a real cliff in it and a flight of stairs. I mean, 100 steps, 200 steps up to Pacific Coast Highway and a park. Sure enough, I was able to stand, but I couldn't move easily. Everything hurt. So the two biggest members of the crew let me drape my arms over their shoulders exactly the way I had draped my arms over their shoulders of the models during the beach shot. 
I stopped for a second. Hey, Ona, you sure you don't want to Franken carry me up the stairs? She said with genuine sincerity, now that's blank and funny. Seemed to me like it took about a month to get up those stairs. I assumed there would be an ambulance waiting by this point. Instead, there was a park ranger. This is a state park. I have to see you first. Then I have to call the fire department. I said, well, this pain on my side here, this feels like fire, but I don't think it's actually fire. He called the fire department. They showed up. They assessed me. They called the ambulance. At some point, probably when I was being half dragged up the steps, something happened on the impact side. If I now tried to lower my left arm from way above my head, I got severe shooting, burning pain from my left armpit to about my left knee. Cleverly, I figured out not to do that. Keep your left arm above your head and it won't hurt. I used the restroom in the ranger station. There was no blood, so no kidney damage. I'm okay. It does, however, hurt and something could be broken. Now I go back outside, my arm above my head, like I'm signaling for a cab on the streets of New York City, and the ambulance shows up, and the EMTs tell me to get on their gurney, and I said, I I can't. I can't lower my arm unless I want excruciating pain. I can't move my arm. I have to stay in this position looking like, like a flamenco dancer. But I said, listen, can you lock the wheels on this gurney? And they said, sure we can. Of course we can. And I said, just lock the wheels, and I'll just back up onto the end of it, and I'll fall backwards. And it worked. And so, with my left arm still extended over my head, they loaded me into the ambulance. Apparently, when I fell from that rock, or cliff, as I call it, it looked like I had been shot. 50, 60 people on a commercial crew. The shooting day is over. They have missed lunch. There is a very nice catered lunch sitting there. And they told me later that everybody was so disturbed by what happened to me that only three people even took something to go. And no, the director was not filming as I fell, sadly. So we hit every pothole on Pacific Coast Highway on the trip from the beach to the hospital. Oh, ah, oh. I called my agent from my cell phone. She laughed. I called ESPN, actually to check on the catered dinner. Oh, what's new? Oh, I fell off a cliff shooting the commercial. They laughed. And I'm lying there in the emergency room waiting for x-rays when my cell phone rings again. And I reach into my left pocket, and I had the phone halfway to my ear when I realized my left side does not hurt anymore. At all. It does not hurt at all. Well, that was a quick recovery. I sat up. My left side felt fine. In fact, it felt great. And a nurse came over and suggested I should lie back down again. I said, why? Somehow I got better on the trip from all the potholes and just lying here. In fact, I feel great. Did you guys remove my left leg while I wasn't looking? Did you replace it with the left leg that I had when I was 12? Because I could hop back to Connecticut on my left leg right now and just cancel the flight. She laughed. She said, no. What I was feeling would be the morphine they gave me so they could twist me around and take the x-rays they needed. And I said, please never, ever give me any more of that ever again. Thank you. My judo flashback, as it turned out, had done the job. I had broken nothing. The ER doctor complimented me on my fall, and he said I probably had six or eight different sprains on my left side. It would hurt, but it would keep getting better, 
and I'd be able to make my flight home the day after next. He was completely right, although I now find uh, 25 years later that it's beginning to hurt like I just fell off the cliff. Anyway, I went back to the hotel. I ate well. I slept well. I managed to walk around with the help of a cane, and I went back for day two of the commercial shoot. This one is in a mansion in Pasadena, a room teeming full of unas lying on the floor. They're photographed through chandeliers. They're lazy rich kids who also need to be told to eat something. I arrived and walked into applause from the crew, and I delivered a well-rehearsed line. And now for my next trick, which is when the director, John, came over and apologized, and he said he thought this entry into shot for me would be way easier. What I had to do was lie on the floor, then sit up and deliver the line, eat something. If you can sit up, he said, that is. If, if you can't, we, we can do something else. Can you sit up? And I thought about it, and I rubbed my lower back, and I said, based on the day so far, yeah, I could, but probably only six or seven times. And, and I, I said, while I, I can sit up, it's clear to me one of those bad sprains was in the muscles somewhere of my lower back, and if I try to lay back down, I lose control. I'll just crash back to the floor. That actually happened getting out of bed this morning. So after each take, the same two guys who had walked me up the stairs after I fell at the beach gently held my arms and shoulders and lowered me back to lying on the floor. We got what we needed. I went back to the hotel. I had dinner with some friends. The next day I was a little sore, but perfectly fine to get back on the plane east. And sure enough, only time ever I had a west to east tailwind. The flight from LAX to Newark took three hours and 48 minutes. We traversed the country like a dart shot from a gun or an Olbermann falling from a rock outcropping. Oh, by the way, the commercial was an immediate success, unlike any that Boston Market had ever done before. In those days, they were packed each night for dinner at every location, selling half chickens and full meals with potatoes and salads, and they were getting an average of $12 out of every customer. The rest of the day, the place was empty. The idea behind my commercials, they were designed to bring in a lunch crowd, a sandwich and a soda and a bag of chips for $4. Soon they were swamped at lunchtime. Boston Market ordered three more commercials, these to be shot in a studio in New York. They offered me 50 grand a day. An entire new career vista was opening in front of me. I was, for a week or two in early 1997, the most successful male commercial actor in the country. We shot those three spots. I interrupted a grunge concert to shout, eat something at the band, and then I got carried off by the crowd in a mosh pit. And I interrupted a Romeo soap opera surgeon coming on to his nurse by rising from the operating table to shout, eat something. And then we did something with ball players at the stadium on Randall's Island, and I remember nothing of that because unlike the first two, they never edited the film because that's when it happened. Their equivalent of falling off the cliff I will confess it had not occurred to me. Then again, I did not own Boston Market. I did not work for their marketing department. I did not run the ad agency they employed. But none of them anticipated it either. After the first few weeks of giddy glee about the lunch crowds, I had brought them. Somebody noticed something unfortunate and unexpected. Basically, for every $4 lunch they were now selling, they were selling one fewer $12 dinner. 
They had not gained any new customers. They had just managed to get their customers to each spend $8 less. These very well-made, very memorable commercials worked very, very well. And the problem with that was each time they did work, it cost Boston Market $8. By the end of 1997, Boston Market was something like $900 million in debt. It had filed for bankruptcy and it had been taken over by McDonald's. On the other hand, I got my money. And in the 25 years plus since, Boston Market has not once used a celebrity endorser to try to sell their food. Oh, and there was one other positive outcome. I'm actually very proud of this. The ad agency got the award in question. I did not, so I don't know which group gave it to us. But that Eat Something campaign actually won an award because somehow my shouting Eat Something at Una and the other waif-thin models, somehow that cut through to at least some victims of eating disorders. The Boston Market Eat Something ad campaign for which I fell off a cliff. Okay, a rock outcropping for which I fell off a rock outcropping, got an award from a National Bulimia Association. I've done all the damage I can do here, most of it to my left side. Thank you for listening. Follow this podcast if you can. Tell a friend, tell a passerby. We're number one among news and political podcasts not produced by any network. Here are our credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments from Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Richard Lewis, who I had dinner with on the trip that I took to film that bloody Boston Market commercial. Everything else is pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 678th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 